What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving, paying you the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. BetUS gives you options in addition to the NFL to with college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. So follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% Sign up bonus at BetUS.com today with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. going on everybody i'm nicholas moriano and alongside me is mason west we're here in the stats booth here at soldier field to recap this bears 16 to 13 loss to the baltimore ravens fifth loss in a row mason just initial reactions we've had some time to kind of just sit here and reflect on this honestly a horrendous loss but what's what's kind of your thoughts going on right now we were talking about this really second half uh of the game what was the point of this game we didn't get we didn't get any anything out of this right we didn't get justin fields development we didn't get to see like a comeback from the defense and turning in terms of turning to true form you know we didn't get to see we, we didn't get anything out of it it was it was all a, a loss it was justin getting hurt and now there's a short week and what's going to go on there and then at the end of the day you know it's maybe andy dalton boosting his resume for when he's a free agent next summer yeah, so this was like one of those losses where, again, to your point, there's nothing to gain, gain from it. Justin Fields didn't get better. Uh, defense has shown more inability to not hold on to a lead. Second second game in a row, you do it to Pittsburgh after the offense gives you the lead. Happens again in Baltimore with a backup quarterback in Tyler Huntley. So there's a lot more question marks around this team and just concerns now going into a five-game losing streak. But we'll kind of start this off as we usually do with the fourth, first quarter of our show and what Will would typically do at Monster Moment. And I was going to say it would, would have been Andy Dalton's, you know, game, game. I guess, not, it was supposed to be a game-winning touchdown, right, to, to Goodwin here. And now I think it's going to have to be just the, the two plays down here where it was a pass interference call to – um, that was by Kendall Vildor down the right sideline. And then he followed it up with a big pass, pass down the right sideline from Tyler Huntley. Oh, did you see? Okay. I think we need a move or something 
to get well I, I think it's fine we're just gonna have that is, that's how this bear season is going lights are flickering and we're in the booth so this is always fun i can see that in the youtube chat look at our face just like what the um, heck is happening so yeah that's that's gonna be the monster moment it's really that last it's the whole drive for the baltimore ravens just taking the lead back when really they had no reason to do so you just took the lead uh andy dalton with that with a great pass to marquis goodwin what you think is going to be the game where, and even when that happened, Mason, we're like, what, like what's happening here with this bears team? Like they're, they come back and it would be so bears if they gave it up. And that's exactly what they did. But Mason, I'm going to throw it over to you. What's the stat of the game? There's a, there's a lot of them. You know, there was a couple of stats I was going to go with. If they had won, it would have been Robert Quinn's stat line, which as a whole was really good. Just to give you, you know, a couple of those numbers, not going to get super heavy, but three and a half sacks, uh, three tackles for a loss, four quarterback hits. And that was a really good day in the office for a guy who most Bears fans, myself included, was like, you know, get this, get this guy out of here last year. Uh, but since they didn't win and there's some a little bit more to it. And again, this year is all about progression. I, I'm a, broke, a broken record when I say that. And it's, it's specifically progress from Justin. Take out uh, the injury aspect of it, which we'll get into. But they were at one point one for 10 on third down until that one third down conversion in garbage time over here. Um, so they ended up at two for 11 on third down. You compare that to an undrafted free agent, Tyler Huntley led Ravens team was seven for 16, 44%. Now there's a lot that goes into that. Some of it's simply the coaching. Some of it is, we looked at each other, for example, when Andy Dalton came in, had that pass to Jimmy Graham, and then all of a sudden had the screen to Darnell Mooney for a touchdown. And we said, where are those plays for Justin Fields? So if those plays maybe had been used earlier, why would you not use it there? There goes the lights again. Um, if, you know, what were, Dave Montgomery didn't seem like he was as used in this game. You weren't playing from behind. Why were you not handing it to him? You know, Coyle Herbert's been pretty much gone. Where were the tight ends all game? We, we lauded the Bears in that Steelers game, how well Cole Komet did. Uh, Jimmy Graham contributed, things of that nature. You didn't even have this for Horsehead active today, which I think spoke to a little bit about that. So to just the inability to put your team in a place that they can convert on third down, move the chains, and march downfield. And you know what, Mason? What, what I'll go into for my segment as well, where I just rant about stuff, it's like, this is coming out of a bye week. And why is it that you – obviously you have your starting quarterback in Justin Fields. You do lose him, but you saw that the Ravens were just more prepared to handle, you know, adverse situations or situational football than Matt Nagy ever could have. You see, like, on the fourth down and one play where he's deciding, okay, there was miscommunication with the headset going off, but the, the offense comes out. They're about to punt. They take a timeout. You come out of that play, and we talked about this, a wildcat play where it's fourth and one. There's no one else in the backfield. You know they're running up the middle with David Montgomery, and there's no you're, – you're, you're basically telegraphing exactly what you're going to do on offense. And, of course, they get stopped, and that was at the Chicago, I believe, 49-yard. They were on uh, the Chicago side of the field, so Ravens take over. And that's just – it goes into coaching, decision-making – why you're not utilizing the tight ends at all in the first half and just, you know, out of time. The first play of the second half, false start for Cole Komet. Like, that is so bears. It's just so bears. And I think as fans, should just be tired of it. This is a loss that's unacceptable in all, all facets. And even for Matt Nagy and what he's shown consistently as the head coach of the Bears, this is unacceptable. You can't lose to Tyler Huntley at home when you have the lead and you – you basically can't do anything on offense in the first half. It's, it is unacceptable. And obviously that's why the bears are now on a 
five-game losing streak. Hey, one more. Thursday, they can match that total of six games that they had last year. So we'll see what the Bears can do there. But, Mason, I think we're just going to leave this this offensive portion of the podcast now going into the second quarter of the show here. Just we're going to leave it open. What do you? Where do we want to start with this offense? Because I think we saw you mentioned it, like with Andy Dolan coming in, two plays he scores a touchdown, right? A whole half of football for Justin Fields after a second half in Pittsburgh where he, he was lighting up the Steelers defense. It looks so different. So where do you want to start with this? I think I'm going to start. You had to start with what they were doing initially, which was you know, very different. They came out, they weren't using a lot of their heavy sets that they were using for a while. You know, you didn't see a lot of two tight end stuff, three tight end stuff that you saw before. Um, it was a lot of speed on the field, which is an interesting way to go when you're like, okay, we don't have Allen Robinson. So we're calling out Isaiah Coulter, who also I don't believe even saw the field unless I missed him. All of a sudden you have Jakeem Grant, who's getting a lot more playing time on that offense. You have Demir Berg sightings every once in a while, not necessarily getting the ball, but he, he was on the field. And you were spreading things out, and which makes sense at least maybe initially because you're like, well, let's, let's attack this Ravens defense, which ranked last in yards allowed, uh, at, I believe it was 283.3. But but then it wasn't really working. You know, the route combinations still like a lot of hitches for whatever reason. I mean, why are you running a hitch with Demir Bird? That doesn't really work. There wasn't as many crossing routes. And then Justin got a little antsy. There were times where he's definitely mm-hmm. stepped out of the pocket sooner than he needed to. Um, there was the one play – I believe it was in the third quarter, right before he went out for that rib injury, where he went to scramble, did a pump fake to David Montgomery, pulled it down and kept going. If he just dipped it to David Montgomery, he had one defender, and that could have been a first down there. Um, The fumble, right? Like, yes, immediately tackles that beat off the edge. But at the same time, Justin, you got to protect the rock. I mean, he's had way too many fumbles. He's really lucked out and not really letting those actually get recovered by the opposing defense. But that's what was an issue, too. So. There's this, still the struggle of, of identity. Week to week, it seems like they are trying different things instead of seeing, hey, that this worked, let's build on it. We, we said at the top of the show, where were the tight ends? Cole Komet didn't have a target in the first half. Uh, I believe Jimmy Graham's first target and catch was the Andy Dalton one. Mm-hmm. Why would that not be an emphasis in this game? Why is there not, a, not screens being used like they were? Like, I mean, it was only one screen, but the screen being used later in the game. Uh, this Ravens defense wasn't wasn't good you know it, it's just odd it was it's just smashing your head against the wall over and over and over again when it comes to this offense yeah and where I'll kind of take this is like when you look at two of the first half of the Bears offense you had the 0 for 3 on third downs no no points you had a drop by Darnell Mooney you had the fumble by Justin Fields you just have and look like just dysfunction but there was really never any rhythm like within the entirety of the game, like when Andy Dalton came in, yes, you scored quick on the two plays. You you have to score. You scored on some explosive plays, which is great to see the explosive plays. And they did have some attempts downfield, but we talked about it. The seam routes that worked so well in Pittsburgh, non-existent. You didn't even you didn't even attempt those really in this game, uh, especially in the first half with Justin Fields for some reason. And then you're using. We talked about on that first drive, like Jakeem Grant caught a pass. He ran the ball. The Bears still ended up getting zero points, but it's just different. They tried to go, I don't know if they tried to be too cute. I don't know if that's the right way of describing it, but it, it just, there just seems to be no, no flow with this off. And, and that's something that you could say almost every single game, every single year with Matt Nagy in the offense, but in, they knew what the Ravens were going to do. Pressure the ball. And sometimes they were able to get that pressure with only 
coming with four of them play that Mason reference with the fumble. They, that was just done with four, four people could rush in the passer. They were able to collapse the tackles. Justin Fields can't hang on to the football. That looked like a promising drive. You end up getting no points off of it. And like you said, David Montgomery should I think should have been way more of a focal point in this game. He had 14 carries. 14 carries in a game that was it ended what 16 13. One for Kula Herbert. See, is there's something Matt Nagy's talked about it, like, and they've said like their identity is running the ball. This showed the exact opposite. This is a game where they should have done that. Right. Or at least attempted to do that. But for some reason, there was they they felt more confident in trying to pass their way into a rhythm where there was never that consistency of trying to establish the run to to set up other things. How many rollouts did you see today? See? Exactly. I can't even when, when, how often do they say, hey, Justin, let's cut down half the field. We'll get a couple crossing routes, use our speed or our big body, you know, tight ends to on those drag routes, concepts across there. Oh, I don't remember one. One doesn't stick out to me, at least. No, one doesn't stick. I mean, on that first drive, you had a design QB run, and it kind of seemed like on those plays, there was one on the, it was either third or fourth drive where Justin Fields obviously left the game with a rib injury, but he was slow to get up along would be, I guess, our point would be this left sideline here. But he got slow. He was slow to get up, but there wasn't really any of those design rollouts, those plays that he was having so much success with in Pittsburgh. Where's Why is there this disconnect? I just don't freaking understand it. Um, and then, so obviously this is a game where the Bears did not have Allen Robinson, but you saw Darnell Mooney outside of the one drop on third down that I mentioned kind of earlier a guy that can clearly make explosive plays make people miss in you know open field for for Andy Dalton the screen it seemed like he had there was that one route that he ran kind of incorrectly for Justin I think it was the second or third drive I would consider at least two drops today on his end too like Moody's been a little off it seems like and that's where I'm concerned about the long longevity of Mooney can he truly be a wide receiver one and so far to me the answer is no because we haven't seen that consistency. Like if you're saying it's third and four, I need a first down. Can you say with certainty that Mooney will catch the ball? Yeah. I, I mean, there's, he's had the, those question marks, yeah. right? And that's why, that's why there's some hesitancy to, to say definitively, yes, he will. Um, he did talk about that play in his press conference. He said, Justin Fields came up to him and they talked about it. Like they had not seen that type of look before in practice. And you know what that also goes into the coaching, right, right, like they had, they didn't see that one. And Justin was saying, "Hey, slow your route down a little bit." That's where Justin Fields was trying to go with the ball. But as he was saying that, he's like, "Yeah, we didn't really see that on, on film, or we weren't ready." Kind of not that they weren't prepared for; it, they just hadn't seen it. Well, I feel like you should almost, for for any defense, expect the unexpected at times. But they just didn't see that look, incomplete pass, and you know, an opportunity lost ultimately for. For this Bears offense, but 13 points uh, in this week, what week 11 now? Five five losses now in a row. I I just don't know where if this offense is. You you have what a couple days to rebound for Detroit game. We'll definitely talk about that later in the week. But there's just so many question marks as to why they did things they they did, why they didn't do more of what had success a week or two weeks ago, I guess now. But question marks. And 13 points is not enough to apparently. Well, it should be enough to beat Tyler Huntley, you would think, but it, it just didn't end up being the case. Mason, is there any other talking points about this Bears offense? Uh, anything that you know that you want to highlight here? 
I think the only other thing I would highlight is continuation a little bit of what you said before in terms of the coaching aspect of it, right? You had mentioned the questionable going, I'm going to punt it, just getting timeout, now I'm going to go for it, bad play design, all that stuff. And then if you fast forward a little bit to when they did actually score and now they needed to kick a field goal or an extra point, I should say, they needed to call a timeout during that extra point. And there are just time and time again, these odd uses of timeouts, these this odd choices to go for it, to not go for it. Like you said, the losses out of buys, like what are you doing with all this free time? The losses to second string quarterbacks, you know, you go back to, there's just so many that that's happened in that next tenure. What, there's just poor choices, it seems like, being made on a day-in, day-out basis at Hallis Hall, and that shows in the field at Soldier Field. It really does, and go if you want, go try to listen to Matt Nagy's explanation on those timeouts. You're going to be, like... Head will spin. Yeah, that's... When I heard it, like, I think I just became dumber listening to that, <laughs> no doubt. But, look, we'll, we'll wrap it up there for, for the Bears offense. Let's go to the defense, Look, Mason, there were some individuals that I thought had some really good games. You, you mentioned Robert Quinn. I thought Eddie Goldman getting his first sack today yes, had, a, had a good game as well. But there were also guys, and this has now been a trend for one individual in particular, and let's not even sugarcoat it. It's like Kendall Vildor is not just a liability, but – Arguably, he's like one of the worst corners in the, in the league right now. I, I mean, again, I'm not watching every single corner, but just seeing, again, the, the plays that are being made against Vildor and the yards she's giving up and, again, the the spots that he's putting in this defense, and maybe Sean Desai can do a better job of that. He probably can, to be completely honest. But at some point, you need to make some plays, and he just can't. I don't. Part I'm confused about the most when it comes to that situation is just technique and setup. So, because if you're if it was consistently just him being burned, right? If he was up there jamming on a receiver and the receiver was being by him every time, if he was falling down in his back pedals, things like that, I would just be like, okay, Vildor is just not very good. Let's move on. But you know, we mentioned this: the amount of cushion that not not just Vildor, the Bears in general, but definitely Vildor tends to give. Is that a coaching point that Sean Desai or the secondary coach is giving him? Is it there? Are they giving it to him because because they don't think that he can play closer or else he will get burned? Um, because there are just so many times where he's so far off the ball that I don't care how fast you are, you are not going to be able to get there and break up the pass. At best, you are hoping to make a tackle, and that that's a recipe for disaster, even against someone of a Tyler Huntley, uh, you know, skill set. Uh, and he totally showed he could put the ball in, in the area it needed to be, and the Bears lucked out. Then there were other times where there were a lot of drops, but honestly, they were bad balls. It was like, you know, off the fingertips of tight ends and fullbacks and things of that nature. So really the Ravens' game plan was, where's Kendall Vildor? Let's throw it there. And that was on rinse and repeat for most of the game. And you look at the last drive. Look at the last drive, and that's exactly what, what Mason just said. They were on the Baltimore 28 with a minute 33 left in the fourth quarter. Down 13-9. You get the pass interference call, 21 yards. Next play, down that same right sideline, it's a 21-yard reception. You're you're already in Bears territory in two plays. There's still a minute 21 left in the fourth quarter. So they know, look, Tyler Huntley, a, a guy was able to identify that despite not having, obviously, a lot of playing experience. And there was actually another play where, like I think we had talked about it, Mason, where, he got the Bears defense for too many men on the field. It's like, how, how, you know, Tyler Huntley, 
Tyler Huntley is able to do that, but then there's multiple times where it's like Justin thinks is a free play and there's not a free play. They're, that's happened two or three times now, and it's like that is coaching. That is a coach probably, I would assume, in Huntley's ear either during right before the play or it's happening during the week where it's coached up. Like if this happens, this is what we need to do. No, exactly. And actually just to kind of get off track a little bit, like in this game, knowing who was out, you had Clil Mack out, Akeem Hicks out, Allen Robinson was out, and you had Lamar Jackson on the other field out. You would have thought, based off of Pittsburgh's performance, Justin Field would be the best player on the field today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was not the case. It wasn't the case, and maybe the, the coaching staff didn't put him in that position, but there were missed, there were some missed throws from Fields. Obviously, the fumble hurts, and then he, he leaves the game injured. But at no point in this game did I think hey, Justin Fields is the is the best player when he was clearly that in, in the Monday night loss to the Pittsburgh. So just kind of want, want to mention that real quickly as we're still talking about this Bears defense. Um, I think a guy that we also need to highlight, and I just want to make sure I get all the stats right, because this man, I swear, every single play was being called. How, how many tackles did you say Roquan Smith had at one point? At the half, he had 11. He had 11. Man finished with 17 tackles in the game. Like, I think for Roquan Smith, too, and, like, these are not tackles. These are not just routine, like, let me bring the guy down. Like, he's punishing people. He was laying the wood on some of these. Like, he was making them feel his presence every time he hit them. No, and it was it was great to see that from Roquan Smith because early on in this game, like, we we talked about I mean, so Like, we were seeing, like, that effort. You're seeing Eddie Goldman dive and extending to make plays. You saw how Robert Quinn was able to. You highlighted that one sack, right? Yeah, the mm-hmm. sack. And then Robert Quinn, how he gets, you know, is able to extend again to force the, the sack strip. Like, Guys look like they were giving that effort, and I think as the game just went on, like there were certain individuals, Kendall Vildor, who just couldn't couldn't make a play for their team despite maybe 10 other guys doing the right thing. And actually, Robert Kuhn was asked about that. It's like, are there is there going to be a time? Like, you're talking to the media like it's it's everyone's, you know, we need to collectively do better as defense when, you know, there are some individuals that just need to step up. Are you going to talk about that? And he's like, there's no reason to like sugarcoat it. It's like we're gonna be, we, we have to address these issues. So, yeah, I mean, those are some individuals that, again, some are trending up, some are trending down. But what? Let's talk about Sean Desai though, Mason. Mm-hmm. I know there's there's mm-hmm. a few thoughts that you have about him. But what do you make of this loss? 16 and 13, Baltimore Ravens, and again, where the Bears had the lead, but they lost it. I have not been very happy with Sean Desai's stratagems, coverage, all these things in the, especially the end of halves and the end of end of games. Um, there was one play in particular that really stood out. It was the pass up of up the right sideline, our sideline, I believe if you're watching the game, it would be the opposite, um, where the receiver was just wide open. Closest person was, I believe, Dion Bush, and he was barely in the same zip code as him. And this is a situation where you're now in a, you're not even in a full bend, but don't break thought process. I mean, there's plenty of time on the clock. It's not like you're hoping that runs out. You know, you need to truly make a stop. And the best I can tell, it's a full coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how open the guy was. So is it, and that, that's been happening a lot. There's a lot of times where there's blown coverages, right? We saw that early in the year. There are times, where, you know, Eddie Jackson's going back and talking to, you know, maybe it was Kendall Vildor and be like, like, where were you? Like, you were supposed to pass that off. But that does come down to coaching. Now you look at some other games like the Bengals game, the Raiders game, and they only let up, I believe, nine points in that Raiders game. The defense was 
phenomenal. But, uh, and we've talked about this, a big part of that defense has been the pass rush. Mm -hmm. And while the pass rush was good today, it wasn't so dominant that a Tyler Huntley wasn't able to sit back there and at times pick you apart. And, you know, which is ridiculous. So at the end of the day, you need to scheme up your linebackers and defensive backs to be able to make up for not having a pass rush constantly hitting the opponent quarterback. I agree. And like that middle, look, the middle of the field for the Bears defense has been open all season. But there was a lot of times before Mark Andrews was dropping some passes, he was also catching them over the middle of the field. And just like that's an emphasis. It's a, it's a nice window to throw into for a quarterback that doesn't have as much experience and you're throwing to your tight end. So a kind of a security blanket, if you will. But it's just there's still question marks clearly on, on Sean Desai. <laughs> Wave your arms again, Nick. Keep the lights on. It just happens unexpectedly. <laughs> it would happen that it's already too late. But, yeah, that's two two weeks in a row now where the defense should have done its job. The, the, the offense, even though it had been an F for the uh, first half in uh, Pittsburgh, the first half in Baltimore, you know, when it needed to in the fourth quarter, gave them the lead, defense gave it up. So that goes on coaching, that goes on individual players not executing, and that just leads to the multitude of problems that we're seeing collectively on this Bears team. All right, Mason, is there talking with this, this talking about this Bears defense, anything else you want to highlight before we kind of get into the, the final portion of the show? The only other thing I would say is as we move forward to look at this defense as what it is, it's now it's, it is the same thing essentially as the offense it's the development of the young <laughs> players. So it's, it is Roquan going to be an all pro finally this year. Does Jalen Johnson going to be not just hit, a good cornerback can he actually be a great cornerback can he uh get more turnovers can he be someone that's a difference maker in a game besides you're not getting thrown at a lot and we you just kind of got to live with is Kendall Villar is not going to be your cornerback next year and it's almost it's like a waste of time to discuss him because it's like no offense uh, he's a great guy I've talked to him before you know he's, he's cool to be around and all that he's just not very good I mean, he was fine, okay in the slot before. Maybe he can get moved to the slot, but he's not going to be your cornerback two next year. Um, arguably, right? Are, is your safety tandem going to be the same next year? Are you going to have the? It's going to be. It's going to be different. So focus on the individuals that will be here for sure next year, and then the ones who are still trying to play their their way to continue to be here next year. And you know what, Mason? When you mentioned that, it's like for me when I think of like those core individuals on defense that you know are going to be here, it's like Jalen Johnson, Roquan Smith. Travis Gibson. Travis. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he does. But it's like, and then obviously Khalil Mack, because I think obviously with, you know, stat, it, um, his contract stuff, obviously his year is over and Robert Quinn has, has had an amazing year, but then it gets really murky for, for like core component guys on this defense again why probably they're having the issues that they're having right now and it's going to be a lot of things that need to be retooled like you look on offense you look on defense you can add a couple you would you would add a bunch of pieces i think that's the nice word though you use there is retool because it's not it's it's not a crush it up let's start all completely over not rebuild yeah but retool retool all right before we go into the final portion of our show got to tell you about our partnership with owen if you're like me going to the gym is a crucial part of my schedule it's a place to let loose just decompress, and after a great workout, it's important to get your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins, and that's why I drink Owen. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein company, and all of their products are, of course, plant-based. 
free of artificial ingredients and are allergen friendly. Plus Owen uses high quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible like your dark chocolate protein shake that has 20 grams of protein, the Elite Pro that has over 30 grams of protein, both fantastic, tastes great. I actually had one coming um, on my drive here to Soldier Field, and I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. So you can get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowynowyn.com. That's 20% off. Your first purchase at liveowen.com and remember to use the code TCA20. Join me, Justin Fields, Chicago Audible, and try Owen only what you need. All right, this is Nicholas Moriano, Mason West here at Soldier Field, recapping the 16 to 13 loss of the Baltimore Ravens. To our right, the Hogan Johns podcast is currently recording their podcast. We can see like their 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 shadow in the window here, so it's kind of funny. But they're recording, we're recording. We probably all want to get the hell out of here too, considering what uh, just happened here at Soldier Field. This is where we usually do, you know, a quick recap, special teams, their final thoughts. Um, Cairo Santos missed another field goal. This has become a, a thing, I guess, even though the one in Pittsburgh was unrealistic for him to make. 40-yarder, though, where that, that first drive and, you know, they end up with no points. Um, Mason, is it too soon to say that we're concerned about Cairo Santos, or where are you at with that? I think – when you, especially when you deal with something like a kicker where it is more of a of a mental thing than physical because they've been doing this for so many years for the most part right it's boom 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 you kick you kick you kick um it makes me think about robbie gould where he did an interview i believe it was on the waddle and sylvia show and it was when he would had just uh, left the giants and went to the 49ers and he said getting cut by the bears while it sucked was one of the best things that happened to him because he had let the kind of the mechanics go and and he had let the mental part kind of to overtake him a little bit and he let him reset and rethink where he needs to be. All that being said, I thought at the time, this is in hindsight, I literally said as they lined up, why the heck are you kicking that in Pittsburgh? Because, I mean, when you kick something and you see it a fall like 10 yards short, that doesn't help your, your confidence at all. And then you go out here and you, you miss a 40 yard, which for normally for Kyle is kind of a chip shot. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, it's now near the end of the game you're they decided to go for two on that one play and we couldn't figure out why they were doing that because going for two didn't put you in a better position score wise it wasn't advantageous i believe it would have given you six points if you had mm-hmm. the two yeah if you had just the one you know you're up five points you missed it you have three you, you know you have three it's just it or four excuse me it didn't make any sense and the, the i wondered is it because Nagy wasn't confident in cairo Actually, Mason, I just think that someone on the Bears doesn't know how to do math. <laughs> like, to be completely honest. They ran out of fingers. They ran out of fingers. You know, it happens, you know. Um, but it just, again, go listen to his explanation of it. I just think there was confusion yeah. like in terms of what going for two or kicking the extra point did in terms of putting you up. It, it just, again, doesn't make sense what he, what he said. So long as you're right now, I don't, I don't think we're anything too worried about at this point in time. He's going to go kick in, indoors in Detroit, get right yeah. next uh, on Thursday. It's It should be fine. I, I agree with you there. So that's your, your special teams. Well, was there anything else? Oh, we, there was a blocked punt or partially blocked punt from, from Paddle Donald here, which um trying to remember if that reflect or um, equated to any points. I, I think that was maybe the interception from Tashawn Gibson, which we, we didn't mention, but 
Good job for Sean Gibson to get an IMT. First reception in a while, actually. Yeah, so it's, we been, it's been a while. That. Yeah, so someone need to create you know, some turnovers for this Bears defense, but um, that also happened on special teams. And then you also saw, I, I, I don't know why, but you saw Khalil Herbert returning kicks. You yeah. saw Jakeen Grant kind of get mixed in there. Um, I don't know if that's just because Khalil Herbert's not being really utilized as much on, on offense. They want to give him some opportunities. Which is, I know we're now on special teams, but really quickly back to the yeah. offense. Why Why would Nagy not have seen what Herbert did and said, we need to do more of what Cleveland does in terms of how they balance their running backs, that, that one-two punch they have of Hunt and Chubb? Instead, over the last two weeks, Herbert has now had five carries. And you're like, what? And so now and maybe you're, I would assume you're right. That's why you threw him back there like, hey, let's get him a touch. And how do you give him a touch? Hand him the dang ball. That's a really good point. Like they obviously had played a team that, you know, would have a tandem with running backs, but yet they just, they just don't do that. The, there was very, like actually on the first try, there was maybe, maybe so maybe it was a play where you saw Herbert and Montgomery out on there, but that's not. How many of those fake jets did we see Herbert do? Oh my God. Yeah. He would line <laughs> up out wide and, you know, go in motion. It's like, that's the guy that you want doing that. Like and you have all. You have look, Demir Bird's there for a reason. Just make yeah. him do the fake jet sweeps because he's he's not gonna really do much else elsewhere. But yeah, just again, the things that just don't make sense with this Bears team. Yeah. You can have a long, long list that would extend from this press box all the way onto the freaking field at this point. But um, that's another day. Yeah, but back to the what you're saying about the, the block punt. You know, I said it that for the first two. I'm like, his punts look weird. I, I don't know. It was the way he was holding him. It was the spin on him. They didn't have a lot of lift when you were actually watching mm -hmm. it live. It just it kind of died a little bit. And lo and behold, on I believe that, that was probably the third, if not the fourth punt, it gets blocked. Uh, Pat O'Donnell, punter, another position that could and honestly probably should be in flux. No, I, I agree with you there, Mason. We have Click Cliff saying I think Nagy's getting desperate, reaching for anything that might work. He's not on top of the game. He. The cliff, yeah, he has, I don't think he's been ever – well, I guess you can arguably say 2018 where they didn't know much about him. But, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely on – What was the name of the coach in uh, in Waterboy? Oh, man, I'm blank. I, I mean – I, But I think everyone knows I'm talking about. Like, right, he was like this genius coach, and <laughs> then, you know, he got his mojo stolen, and now all of a sudden he, he can't even drop a play. Like, go back to 2018, like how far we've fallen, like Santa Slay and some of those just really, you know, really Wonka and all those, those – fun plays and yes there are usually you know inside the 10 just something to kind of like keep the players interested and things like that but like cliff had just said if he's getting desperate he's reaching for anything he's he has the big bu on his card but is he being him anymore like and that's seems he's searching for who he is and so is the team you know with those plays there was creativity on the fourth and one wildcat running to with David Montgomery, there was no creativity because wow. you showed your hand as soon as you put that formation out there. So it's really the exact opposite. And that's, again, one of those parts of the problems of this, you know, jigsaw that the bears are currently right now that nobody can solve. But Mason, it's five, five losses in a row. You have, you have a game on Thursday. Maybe first, against another backup. It may be against another backup. We Former know how that backer. goes for 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 the Bears and playing backup quarterbacks. We're, so yeah, this will be our two minute warning without the ticker, just to kind of wrap things up here at Soldier Field. Mason, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. What do you What are you kind of thinking about? What's your Where's your mind at with this team and what's about to happen in a couple days? Well, and I feel like I would be doing a disservice to the podcast if I didn't go back and talk about my Justin Fields injury thoughts. Yeah. Um, 
it's hard to say right now. So it wasn't it wasn't a direct play that made it seem like okay, this is why he has a rib injury. Um, it wasn't like he there was a hard hit. The one he, I believe he came out after the play we talked about earlier, the fake pass Montgomery and then the scramble. Um, with that, I wouldn't think there's a fracture. I would think it might be more of like a intercostal or an oblique strain, and that would be more likely like. He shouldn't be playing. Could you play on a Thursday, after, you know, five days rest? Sure, you could. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, should you? No. I mean, it's going to be more of a pain thing than anything. It's not like he's going to make doing make anything that much worse by doing it. But more likely than not, that's usually like a three-week recovery kind of a thing. So if it were me, you know, and I was on that medical staff, I'd be like, hey, look, let Andy go out there. It's a short week. You know, try to beat up on the Lions, hopefully, and let Justin get two weeks at least of rest. And then you can have a conversation for the following week about him playing versus if you run him out there. I mean, you're going to run into some problems. I, hey, I, this is someone who knows what he's talking about here in terms of injuries. And you got to also put it, put this together. Like that's behind the offensive line that Justin Fields is currently had to play against. I don't know if you want to risk that. Like if the goal is to still get him to play this season – and you're already at three and seven. <laughs> it's like you got to really, obviously, the severity of the injury and what actually, it actually is is going to play into what the status of Justin Fields will be for Thursday. But you got to definitely keep that in mind as you're going into that divisional game against the Detroit Lions. But just for just to kind of make this quick, what happened today is a fireable offense. No doubt about it. There's no reason the Bears given the whole circumstance of the game, and it sounds like it's, it's getting loud over there. With the whole it's getting, getting heated. Like, maybe we got to turn it up here. This too bad. No, but it's, it's unacceptable in all areas, even for Matt Nagy's standards as a head coach of the Bears, where you have, you have a MVP quarterback not playing in this game, and Tyler Huntley get, is inserted, and you allow him to come back in this game to ultimately win it. Your offense – coming out of a bye week does absolutely nothing in the first half. Unacceptable things continue to happen here at Soldier Field, Hallis Hall with the Bears organization, and nothing's being done about it. At one point, what do they have to do? Like, how bad do you have to lose? Who do you have to lose to? To to ultimately, for whoever is in charge, George McCaskey, whatever, Ryan Pace, whatever it may be, to make change. Because what happened here at Soldier Field to the Ravens with Tyler Huntley, that I thought I would think that that would cause that change to happen. It's not. There's no way. Obviously, in a short week, you're going to see Matt. Now you're going to see the same old clowns going back in there and trying to what win get win number four on the season. So it's it's just it's unacceptable. And I'll leave it at that. Any any kind of final thoughts here, Mace? Anything that you want to add here? So to add to what you just said there, no, you you can't let Matt Nagy go on a short week. I mean, that's, this is the worst timing to have something like that occur because, you know, in theory, let's say they beat the Lions or even let's go crazy and say they blow out the Lions. Now, all of a sudden, the feeling changes. But I would like to bring up the tweak to the Rooney rule, right, where teams will be allowed to interview uh, for a head coach or in really any position uh, during the final two weeks of the regular season with the consent of the employer club as long as the head coach job is vacant those interviews can be done virtually they did this in theory to make the minority hirings greater i mean i don't really know if that is true but what it does for a club like the bears if you let someone go and right there's always the problem where like oh i'd love to interview that coach for kansas city mm-hmm. let's say it was eric Bieniemy. um he's fallen out of vogue a little bit but 
but I can't do it because they're in the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to hire someone who's good, and usually they're in the playoff race. Now you can do that, but the head coach job has to be open in those final two weeks. Now we're not there yet, but you got to make that decision at some point so you can at least kind of get your ducks in a row. So, you know, when that two week mark hits, but you are doing those virtual interviews right away. And that's a fantastic point there, Mason, because nothing that we have seen this season, go back to last season, go back to the year before, should tell you Matt Nagy's the answer. Nothing, nothing should tell you that. Because if anything, Justin Fields has made Matt Nagy look better as a coach, probably just within his performances. So that should be something that the Bears, if they were smart, if they wanted to enact change, should look to implement to make that vacant, make the head coaching position vacant in terms or available when and utilize this new rule. Because if you keep on track with this, we're not going anywhere. This is just going to keep repeating, repeating year after year, and you're wasting a talent that Justin Fields we've we've seen flashes of. They'd be probably more consistent if we had somebody that was a little, just a little bit more confident. But you can't get that with the current coaching regime. So. That's that's where we're at. Bears lose 16 to 3, fall to 3 and 7 on the season. And you're gonna hear from Mason and I pretty quickly. I think we're planning on Tuesday to do the preview show, and there'll be a game on Thursday, and we'll be doing all this all over again. But um, really appreciate everybody who tuned in live um, and for your patience. Honestly, um, went to some of the press conferences afterwards, but really appreciate everybody tuning in here. But that's it from Mason and I here at Soldier Field. So until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.